1: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that
1: exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases. And 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You are
2: listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: We were going to do a play of the day here. And Fritzy goes, there's somebody wants to talk to you. And I was like, who... I said, Chris Maloney, and he goes, yes, as a matter of fact. Now, of course, great actor, and uh, I ran into him on Saturday night, and the uh, (laughs) Law & Order actor was there, and I was there with my daughters and trying to impress my daughters that uh, being a celebrity, I know a celebrity, and uh, Chris Maloney was there, and uh, it, it was a little awkward interaction there between us because I don't know if Chris knew who I was. Uh, yes, Paul. The way you described it yesterday was one of the
2: most embarrassing experience in recent memory <laughs> in front of your family, where a fellow TV star had no idea who you were. Is that a fair
3: recap? I, I would say that would be close to it. Yes, C. And then you
1: tried to resolve the situation by insulting his basketball I ability. I think I did
3: that too. I, I kept thinking, uh, <laughs> w- w- how am I going wrong here? Is uh, is uh, Chris Maloney? He sure short, is the star of Law and Order. Uh, Hi, Chris. Really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe what happened on Saturday night at the
4: restaurant? Well, you know, why don't we break it down? Um, I was in the middle of uh, eating. Uh, there was a blitz attack from my right flank. <laughs> you came out of nowhere, like out of the mist. Uh, I immediately recognized you. You know, that soft, uh, velvety. Yeah. Tone. Uh, that you possess um when you said hey chris i'm dan patrick sportscaster
3: and, you know, said, say it again i said dan patrick sportscaster because i thought you yeah. might not you might not realize that
4: just in case and i think and you said what, oh okay you know and that's where i think everything went south i, I think it's on me i uh i don't know you surprised me maybe you know that's what it was I don't know
3: I would I was uh I was just looking for a little glimmer of, yeah, man, Sports Center, man, I miss you.
4: You well, see, I replayed it for my wife because I said, yeah, Dan was like, you know, <laughs> felt like I was shining him a bit. She goes, no, no. You, she said, it sounded to me like you recognized him. She goes, did you know who he was? Because, you know, I can play act that, that way. And I, I do know who you are. I mean, I'm a big fan of yours. But you're why not- didn't,
3: Chris, why didn't you act like you were a big fan of mine? <sighs>
4: wow. Well. I don't know, but uh, you know, celebrities playing it cool—is that isn't that what we? <laughs> yeah, but I okay? I didn't play it cool. Yeah, but see, you were under duress, and I knew it. <laughs> you, you were thrown into the fray. Yes. You were put to the front. You know, you you were put into the meat grinder by and, you know, you have three daughters. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, that's a lot of pressure on this man right now. <laughs> so maybe you know, I should I should have given you a little bit more love there. Hey Dan. Hey Chris. I'm a,
3: thank you, thank you.
4: Yeah,
3: if, <laughs> this was a big topic yesterday on the show, Chris. I I don't know if anybody reached out and told you that you are you're trending.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. My line was blowing up, saying how I how I'd blown you up, that, uh, <laughs> humiliated the man in front of his family.
3: Oh, <laughs> my oldest daughter, she just said, "Dad, do you know him?" And I said, "Yeah, I think I he's been on the show. Could we? Could you just say hello?" Because my daughter, you know that she she's watched, you know, old right. show, new show, you know, she knows it all. And I go over there and I go, okay, I think I got this. And I think I was waiting to see. I don't think you were eating. No. No. And I wanted to make sure I was being polite. And I thought, okay, yeah. I'll just slip in. And then I think I was desperate. At one point, I said, "And I don't know about your basketball playing," and like <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. I, I was wounded and I was I was gonna hurt you and like you hurt me.
4: I felt like you were laughing out. That's okay. <laughs> I know it happens.
3: What do you mention these days, Chris?
4: Oh, you know, at my age, uh, I don't really count. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I should have I asked you that? that. I, you know, at one point I go, "Oh, so do you? Do you live in the neighborhood?" And he goes, "Yeah." yeah. I do. And then I had to tell him that, "Yeah, well, I kind of live in the neighborhood." Too. There was no follow-up there. It was just, it was, it was. Well, you, you wanted
4: to find a commonality. Yes, because I did. Someone, <laughs> when you introduce yourself, and someone says, "Oh, okay," <laughs> yeah, that's not bridging. That's not a bridging comment. I know. So I'll, I know. I give you that. I
3: know. But this is, but this is a, a teaching moment for you.
4: Well, I think for both of us, because you know, Dan, and I'm not criticizing here, but you came in a little tentative. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to come in with a little like, "Hey, Chris," and you know, then I'm like, "Oh, hey, Dan." <laughs> Like, you know, we belong in this mutual space together. Oh, okay. And I, but I don't look, I don't, I'm not trying to pass the buck. I, I readily admit the, oh, okay, is not a good okay.
3: <laughs> okay. Right. Where are you going to dinner this weekend? <laughs> and then I can, I can find you. Okay. And I'll tell my kids that you're not going to be there. It'll be random. Right. And then you hug me. Yep. Yep. Maybe, a, you know, guess, hey, you want to You want to be on the show? And I'd be like, oh, do you want me to? No, I can't do that. I only act in Sandler movies. Come on, Chris. And I'll say I
4: insist. I insist. <laughs> I, I've seen your eyes and I see your acting chops.
3: I like that. I like that. Are you in the Celebrity Bracket Challenge that we have?
4: No. I don't like, even know if that is. I'm sorry. Are you,
3: a, are you a basketball fan? College?
4: Oh, you know, I, I I know the brackets just came out, and and you know, so Ivan Ivan, but I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into it, and then I'll find it. I'm I'm still just trying to find a a way to fi- have my commanders win more than five hundred percent on the games in a season.
3: And you just lost Taylor Heineke; he signed with the Falcons. If you know what, if Daniel you're Snyder, like, why doesn't?
4: I feel like you're lashing out again.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, but but how about this? Daniel Snyder gives a Finger to the rest of the owners, signs Lamar Jackson away from the Ravens, and then sells the team. What do you think? Big move. Yeah. That'd be, a, that'd be an upgrade over Sam Howell as your quarterback. i sorry. I don't need to be lashing out
4: again. No, no, no. But it's, look, it's a fact. You know, I mean, Lamar's a proven um, weapon. Uh, how's the new TV show, by the way? It's organized, going very well.
3: Organized crime, yeah.
4: Going organized crime, going very well okay. every Thursday night. So, we, you know, tune in and we'll be organizing our crime and doing our thing. Uh,
3: if I was going to attach a word to it, I'd say gritty. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. You want to compliment me? I mean, before we go?
4: Well, uh, if I were to use a word, I would say uh, informative, informative. entertaining, Informative. Your show. Are you Everything. acting?
3: Are you acting right now? No, oh, no. Look at my, look at my. Eye. Oh. <laughs> you are. Oh, oh, okay. Wow, you're serious <laughs> now. Now De Niro's on the uh, on the show. Okay, all right. You Thank you. You're good. You're a good sport. But next time, baby. next time. Hugs, baby. Hugs. I'll, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Um, and like it, a couple of pats on the back. I like that too.
4: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Have your producers, give me your number, I'll inform you where I'll be eating every weekend I up like and it. through
3: Problem solved. Done. Yeah. Thank you, Chris.
4: My pleasure.
3: There. We've solved it. <laughs> we solved that. It was awkward for Chris as well. <laughs> Kumbaya. Yes. Don't you feel so much better now? Yes. Oh. What a great thing Chris just gave you. Yes, there. He he did. He gave you a gift right there. But, what a man. she He called right in. But he does know that. He made a mistake. The celebrity rules. But apology accepted, Chris. (laughs) Apology accepted. He played it cool. (laughs) Jim Beheim, going to join us coming up next hour. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Got some quick math for you. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, and delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep. Right? That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything else costs more. So let's reduce that. He's the uh, Hall of Fame head coach, former Syracuse head coach. I didn't think I would stay in the job long enough to say that you were the former Syracuse head coach, but I somehow outlasted you, Jim. Jim Beheim joining us on the program. How's retirement treating you, Jim?
5: Oh, like a 200-pound weight off my shoulders. I, You know, when you do something for 47 years, you just think it's normal how you feel. But when you do retire – I'm in Detroit now watching Buddy last night play for the Pistons. I actually got a win, and he played. Uh, But I'd have been sitting in New York City watching a high school game and uh, running to different gyms. So I don't think I realize how nice this is to be able to come see your son. I've been here for four days. Um, I think that's the longest time I've ever spent away from basketball in 47 years. So, I mean, I I can't tell you how happy I am. And the fact that you've outlasted me is really a testament to mediocrity prevailing. <laughs> I mean,
3: come on. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I outlasted you, Coach K, Jay Wright, Roy Williams. I'm going to take them all down. Take
5: them all down, well, Jim. I remember sitting in the room with the Big East with John Thompson, Luke Carnesecca. Rick Pitino, Gary Williams, uh, Jim Calhoun, and thinking, whew, this isn't an easy room right here. <laughs> and uh, somehow I, I outlasted all of them.
3: <laughs> I still, th- I mean, your career can't end in Greensboro, North Carolina. I mean, it
0: yeah, I No,
3: so. it should have ended at Madison Square Garden
5: well you know things change i think that's the big thing in in sports things change over the years and you have to adjust to it it's a whole new world now with the nil with uh you know i mean the immediate transfer portal they're good things and i think for the players It'll, they'll end up being good, but it's a tremendous adjustment. And I think all colleges are trying to work their way through it. Um, some of it is troubling, as I've famously said in the last few months, but I don't think there's a solution for it. And I just think that uh, you know, coaches, uh, our schools are going to have to deal with it as we move forward uh the n i l in itself was a great idea, but once you get the boosters involved and money involved, you know it's going to go it it's going to go its own way
3: all right let's put this to bed when did you when did you decide to retire?
5: You know I thought about it halfway through the year a little bit because I was having trouble motivating myself to get places um like practice <laughs> oh. which is important. But the the four-game losing streak, uh, we had a pretty good year up until then. We were 16-10, and 10, young team. But we just – I didn't coach well. We didn't play well. We got beat four games by 20 points each game. Um, it just didn't feel good. Didn't feel like I was doing what I needed to do. We had a communications problem because I had a year we had to work out our contract and the chance was out of town so things came up early bad you know bad scene bad announcement but we corrected everything in syracuse with our press conference i'll be at the university doing stuff not a lot of stuff <laughs> uh but uh, uh you know I, it, it's a great party um i came to syracuse Dan 61 years ago and i never left it's never happened before i never had to leave i was a player, assistant coach, grad assistant, assistant coach, head coach. It's been a great time. I just feel so fortunate to have been able to do what I've done at one place for so long. But why and, was it
3: awkward there with that loss? You know, loss? we
5: hadn't worked some things out that had to be worked out. You know, it, it was simple. It wasn't okay. definitely. It took, actually, It's, it's it was it took 30 minutes to work it out. And it's unfortunate that we didn't get it worked out ahead of time, you know. But that's that's a minor thing, you know. At the end of the day, everybody's happy. Adrian Autry is going to do a great job. Played for me, smart player, hard worker, really good coach. Um, he's got great people with him. Um, but it didn't feel like wanted you wanted. Program.
3: It didn't feel like you wanted to retire.
5: No, I, I trust me. Okay, I was a hundred percent ready it looked that way and I get that but I I was a hundred percent ready if I wasn't I'd tell you you know that (laughs) I would tell you uh it I I, hundred percent ready it just wasn't we just didn't and it wasn't just the university's fault it was really both both parties and and it's all worked out we're all happy we've got a great coach I wanted to coach this year we had six young players, five freshmen, transfer, sophomore, another sophomore, and I thought we got through the year okay, not great, but okay, and I think we're in a pretty good position because we have every guy could come back. Of course, in college basketball, that's not something that usually happens yeah. in today's world, but I think most of them will come back, and I think we'll have a good team next year, and that's really all I, I'm concerned about.
3: He's Jim Beheim, the Hall of Famer, now former coach at Syracuse. What's the closest you came to taking another job?
5: I, I talked to Ohio State in my living room in '86 or '7, and I, I we, we were five minutes in the conversation. I knew I was just not going to Ohio State, and uh, I re- actually recommended Gary for the Gary Williams for the job and. They went. They were smart. They went out and got him, a great coach. But that was it. It's the only interview I ever had. Um, I came to Syracuse in 62, and I never have wanted to leave. And uh, I'm not leaving now. <laughs> I live in Syracuse. It's my favorite city to live in in the world if I had a choice, as I've said many times. And uh, it's just a great place to be.
3: You look at the future of, let, let's look at the future of March Madness. Yeah. I, I have a source who just sent me a detailed, uh, a lot of details about what could happen with March Madness. And, you know, do you have the haves and the have-nots? I know, I know they love the Cinderella story, but I wonder if these, you know, everybody in the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten's going like, why are we entertaining this? Why don't we have our own model? And, right. and, and I think that's where the sport is going to be headed here.
5: I think even if they go there with the power fives breaking away, I think the basketball tournament should always include everybody. And I think it will. I think if you expand it a little bit, which you could do very easily without hurting the tournament, you have play in games right now, just go to three more sites and add a few more teams. But at the end of the day, I think the tournament, you like those teams, they're not going anywhere in most cases. But it's still fun, and there will be upsets. There will be upsets this year. Basketball is much, much more equal now, and it's much harder to really determine who should, who shouldn't be in. But for the most part, they get the right teams in. I think the problem with the net, it, it's not accurate. It really shows what you did in November and December. And if you if your league doesn't do well, then you can't recover. Yeah. For example, right now, Duke's playing the best of anybody in the country. they are what, four seed?
3: I think five.
5: Five. That's based on they didn't have their starting point guard. They didn't have one of their best freshmen. Early in the year, they lost some games. Well, that is okay for getting in the tournament. But once you get teams in the tournament, the committee should be looking and saying, well, which teams really are the best teams now? Yeah. Duke's the best. At well, if, if, if the worst, they're in the top eight to ten teams, at the worst. Whereas there's some other teams that played really well early, lose six or seven games at the end of the year. Their seeding is too high but because they're, they're basing on the whole year. It's all right to base entry into the tournament on the whole year, but when you get to seeding, you gotta go with who's really good right now. These are this is the team that's really good. And the same happens in leagues. Last year we won 14 games in our league and we got five teams in it. We got five teams in again this year, and that's one third of our league. Some leagues are getting sixty or seventy percent of the teams in their league in. They're not doing that well in the tournament. There's a league that hasn't won a game in years getting a bunch of teams in the tournament. I think there has to be some value put on you get in the tournament based on winning your league, basically. Yeah. But if your league doesn't do well in the tournament year after year after year after year, then there needs to be some kind of thought put into that. But that's just an observation from somebody that's been around too long, probably.
3: Can you fill out a bracket now? Do you want to be? Oh yeah, I do. Do you want to fill? Do. Do you want to be in our bracket challenge, our celebrity bracket challenge? Oh, uh, sure. Okay, absolutely. All right, Fritzy, uh, you'll reach out to uh, Coach. And do I have to call you Coach or are you former Coach now? Like, are you just Jim?
5: I, I, I think former Coach doesn't sound good. I think it's just Coach. Is, or that, or
3: Jim. is that your wife uh, laughing in the background? <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, she set, Thank set up you, the
5: thing, or we wouldn't be talking if she. Yeah. Didn't oh, she set did the Zoom. The... She she figured i did now it's time for i'm going to retire soon she says she's retiring but we're not because our foundation is going forward and we're going to keep helping kids and stuff like that i I feel bad for your
3: wife i mean
5: oh no thank you thank you she's the unluckiest oh
3: you're going home and she's got to be like oh my god go get a (laughs) hobby
5: She's already said you've got an office. You're going to get up. You're going to the office. <laughs> not, do not come home until like five o'clock. Don't come home for lunch. Yeah. No. Don't yeah. do any of that. It, <laughs> it's all set. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. It's okay. It's okay. She puts up with me. I'll do whatever she says. Just like all of us. Yeah. We don't admit to. <laughs> well,
3: uh, congrats and uh good luck
5: hey to do something you love for 47 years is yeah there's nothing better than that and uh getting to know the people i've gotten to know people you know obviously you and a whole lot of other people um i still remember a couple of those final fours we hang hung out together with kevin uh pretty we, fun. We, we hung
3: out with Kevin Costner in San Antonio <laughs> and I, you know, you got all these coaches and you got Costner there. Costner throws that great party. And all he wants to do is talk to you guys about basketball.
5: Yeah. I mean, he unbelievable guy. He loved basketball and it was so much fun doing that. And it's great to watch him in Yellowstone, yeah. which is my yeah. favorite show on television. Yeah. And, uh, what he's done there with that show. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to see that. See, old guys can still keep going. You know, like you've got years left.
3: Yes. Man. Yeah.
5: In fact, if your ratings go down, I'll join you once a week. <laughs> next year,
3: we'll, we'll, we'll pump them up a little bit. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, now we're talking. Now I'll I'm going to say gonna,
5: something crazy.
3: Now I'm going to retire. Uh, <laughs> well, you will say something crazy. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah you're, you're guaranteed that's- to do that.
5: Guaranteed, and you know I try not to. My wife says, "Don't say that." And <laughs>
3: By the just... way, we we've we've I think perfected our impersonation of you. Uh oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah. All right. This one, uh, Paul, like... Paul Paul you asked me a question,
4: Coach. What do you think of your defense in the game against
3: Georgetown?
5: <laughs> no, that's, that's not good enough. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, we're not playing all zone defense next year at Syracuse. Oh. I'm making that prediction right wow. now. Wow! Wow!
3: <laughs> Syracuse comes out of the Stone Age. No more, no, no more matchup zone. Wow! That's great. Uh, uh, have a great time there in Detroit. Thank you, Coach. Great to talk to you again. We were just talking about spring training, playing baseball, going to baseball games, playing softball. And I just brought back that taste when you're there at a spring training game and you get to have a Miller Lite. It's a warm afternoon, Scottsdale, Arizona. Beer here!
2: Paulie used to be a beer vendor. I was a beer vendor at Scottsdale Stadium, and I slung Miller Lite. So I was just throwing them out there. Okay. Not literally.
3: Okay. But just that cold, refreshing taste. The crack? Yes. Not the crack of the bat.
2: Which is better? Crack of the bat's crack of the beer
3: can? Well, oh, I would crack of the beer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Miller Lite, get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. He's the co-host of Fantasy Focus Football Podcast, ESPN NFL Insider. And uh, ESPN's NFL free agency coverage continues all this week with Field, Yates and company, including a daily sports center special hosted by Field. And that's uh, today and tomorrow at 3 Eastern on ESPN, leading into NFL Live. And Field joins us now. Field, thanks for joining us. Let's recap yesterday. A lot of times we like to look at the shiny objects, quarterbacks, big names. Who won yesterday?
2: First of all, it's great to be on, Dan. It's also great that you'd ask me about something that doesn't involve Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, which has <laughs> occupied about 97% of my brain space over the past, not just 24 hours, but really uh, the entire, uh, certainly going back to last week, maybe even before that, much of the offseason. Uh, free agency is definitely one of those uh, exercises in which how things look at the outset can vary from how they look a year or two or three from right now. So if three years from now, the people or the teams that I mentioned uh, have all been cut or turned out to be busts, I apologize in advance, but it's kind of what you sign up for when you discuss free agency. But I think yesterday for looking at some of the big winners I think that the Bears collectively got a lot better um, defense and on offense as well. And this sort of stands to reason. They entered with the most cap space in the NFL, coming off of a three-win season that included 10 losses to finish up the year. If you factor in not just the draft picks, but also DJ Moore and the trade down from pick number one, this team is an obvious make-a-leap candidate for next year. So the Bears strike me as a winner. And then the 49ers are a team that I did not anticipate not, did not anticipate making a big splash in free agency, but they made arguably the biggest splash of the day with Javon Hargrave. And you might be thinking to yourself, they were the best defense in the NFL. Do they really need another defensive lineman? It might be a bit superfluous, but I suppose doubling down on your great strength can hopefully take you a step further than where you were this past year. They've got major question marks at quarterback, but – I don't know how you're supposed to gain chunk yardage against the 49ers because that defensive line is loaded and it's matched by an awesome linebacker group and a very good secondary team.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I thought that was the biggest signing so far that I I didn't know that they were in the market for that. And you get him, and I thought he was an underrated beast for the Eagles there. And that's sometimes you look at these signings and you go, No, oh, okay, I'll file that away. And then you realize to make it a great team, you have to have a team. And and when you get these guys and you go, wow, or that unit, um, and they're able to buy the, or, you know, afford these guys because you're not paying anything with your quarterbacks right now. So that's right.
2: Yeah. You and know, one of the most interesting competitions already for the quarterback spot though, right? With the addition of Sam Darnold and then, The uncertainty surrounding Brock Purdy's availability at the beginning of the year. He's just recently had surgery on that elbow that was obviously injured in the NFC championship game. If he can't even throw until it sounds like best case scenario is sometime during training camp. Is it reasonable to expect him to be a week one starter? I don't know the answer to that. I think you throw Trey Lance into the mix who... they moved at one point three picks to get all the way up to number three to take trey lance but if you go all the way back to his college experience which playing at north dakota state they had their entire season except for one game canceled during the initial COVID year we're talking about a guy that for all intents and purposes has played like four games in about a thousand days. We're yeah. talking about four real games of football, not even preseason action. So the Borderliners defensively, that sets the floor for them. But I think ultimately what will determine whether they can get back to where they were last year and win a Super Bowl is whether any of those quarterbacks can be good enough and healthy enough for the full season.
3: Explain the logic with the Raiders that you move on from Derek Carr and you bring in Jimmy G.
2: It's funny how much familiarity matters in life, right? And it, it, it permeates other industries for sure, but we see it all over the place in the NFL. And I'll use other examples to make the same point that I'll make about the Raiders, which is yesterday, the Falcons were one of the bigger spending teams in free agency. This is not the entire list, but amongst the players they added were David Onyemata, defensive tackle from the new Orleans saints and Caden Ellis, a linebacker from the new Orleans saints. Turns out the, Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot came from New Orleans. Same with their defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, who was hired like six weeks ago. Typically, you see teams pursue players they are familiar with and sometimes with a tax as well. You might overpay for things that you see value in that other teams don't necessarily see. But it applies to Las Vegas. A consistent theme for Josh McDaniels since taking this job is making this new england west and there have been other examples of trying to replicate the patriots model that have not worked at all but he hired a gm and dave ziegler who was in the patriots front office his coaching staff is littered with play with coaches that came directly from new england or both of his coordinators were at one point on the Patriots' staff and then the rosters got plenty of guys with new england ties and jimmy g entered the league with the patriots as we all know but did it again with Jacoby Myers, who they just signed to a three-year deal worth $11 million per season. It's economically a little, a little bit more manageable to have uh, this current contract for Jimmy G than Derek Carr's deal. It's about a $30-ish million dollars payday for Jimmy G, maybe more like 27 28 depending on how many incentives he hits, as opposed to Derek Carr, which was closer to $40 million. Uh, but it's a familiarity thing more than anything. He knows Jimmy G. He knows the, the, the way he operates, the kind of player he is. And I think that Josh McDaniels has more confidence that there will be harmony because, well, it wasn't perfect last year for Derek Carr. I don't look at last season up until he got benched. as an abject failure either. I think the offense was, for the most part, okay. They just couldn't close on defense, and they kept finding crazy ways to lose in some incredibly memorable fashion.
3: We're talking to Field Yates, ESPN NFL Insider. The uh, plan B for the Jets. Let's say they don't get Aaron Rodgers. And I know yeah. Trey Wingo is reporting that this the deal is done. But
2: if they don't get him, then what happens? It's probably one of the, the questions that I've been asked, uh, both solicited and unsolicited, over the past 24 hours. The most is, you know, people around the NFL are wondering, and 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 if Aaron doesn't go to New York what exactly happens and to be clear and uh, i've i've i'm trying to not do any shows this week that are taped because five minutes from right now whatever (laughs) i say could change with aaron Rodgers. yeah but as of right now it certainly seems like aaron Rodgers is headed for the jets not only has there been plenty of momentum independent of anything else happening with other players around the nfl but alan lazard and randall cobb or all of a sudden on the Jets radar kind of has like the Kevin Durant slash Kyrie Irving vibe when they go to the Brooklyn Nets and all of a sudden all their, their friends are on the radar as well. Um, But if Aaron Rodgers opts for retirement or something else, and I don't really think something else is not playing for the Packers is on the table Mm -hmm. then I think the Jets are going to find themselves in a heap of trouble. I think people will assume they would try to make a push for Lamar Jackson. I will remind everybody that, if you're going to try to sign Lamar Jackson, you have to construct a contract that Baltimore won't match, which is very hard to
4: do.
3: But that's what makes me wonder, and, and I've suggested this, whether it could come to fruition. But if I'm Daniel Snyder and I'm on my way out and I want to give a you know, middle finger to the other owners, I bring in Lamar Jackson and I give him a five-year, $240 million guaranteed contract get my $7 billion from Jeff Bezos, and I say, see ya, I'll be in the south of France.
2: I kind of like the idea, and I have heard it, a lot of my Commander's fans' friends have reached out and wondered as much as well. It would certainly, uh, I would think it would alter, maybe not that much, but at least a tiny bit, the legacy of Dan Snyder in the eyes of Commander's (laughs) fans, right? That would be an incredible parting gift to leave the franchise with, I think the commanders are probably going to run into the same restrictions that we discussed with the Jets, though, is that it will be very difficult for them to agree to a contract with Lamar Jackson that the Ravens would be de-incentivized to match. And I know that this is minutia and kind of – Well, the Ravens won't room. match
3: that. The Ravens aren't going to
2: match that. Well, the, 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 nerdom, the, the nerdy part of this is that – if Lamar Jackson signs an offer sheet with somebody else, which again, that's a big if, but if he were, the Ravens would have five full business days to match or not match that deal. And they would take their entire time, the entire window to decide on that, which would hold up the other team's order of operations. They would no longer like that. That money would be counting against their salary cap, even if the Ravens were to not match the deal. So um, as much as it's an, it's it's tantalizing for a team that would love to add a unanimous MVP and one of the great running quarterbacks ever in the league, uh, I do think that the, the details and the semantics that go into it make it a bit more difficult of a business transaction than fans would like for it to be. Okay, but when Joe
3: Burrow comes up and Justin yeah. Herbert comes up, <clears throat> I got to believe if I'm their agent, I'm starting at Deshaun Watson's number.
2: It's going to be the really fascinating one because you're right. Um, if those players are stacking their credentials up to Deshaun Watson's credentials, then I think they would probably say, especially in the case of Joe Burrow, who has led his team to the playoffs, excuse me, twice, including the Super Bowl once, that I think they're probably going to say, if you're Joe Burrow and his representation, why don't we deserve exactly what Deshaun Watson got and more? Sure. Whether you agree with this or not, I do believe that the Bengals counterpoint or counter would be, that's fine, but just a couple of years ago, I guess three off seasons ago now, Patrick Mahomes, who had already won a Super Bowl, did not get a fully guaranteed contract. Two years ago, Josh Allen, who is at least in the same breadth, if not you know the same tier as Joe Burrow, maybe above Justin Herbert, signed a deal for $43 million per year that had like $100 million guaranteed. Yeah. So um, I think that what's clear is players and representation are going to use the Deshaun Watson deals, the baseline. Teams are going to continue to push back with the rest of the quarterback market, not including Deshaun Watson. If you
3: ran the Carolina Panthers, who are you taking?
2: If I ran the Carolina Panthers, it'd be Bryce Young. I, and I say as of right now, and we're what? So about six weeks away from the draft. Um, and you have to be very careful taking anything that is said or whispered <laughs> with much more than a grain of salt. Uh, but I would say that more people that I have talked to who have offered up an opinion believe that CJ CJ Stroud is a more likely number one overall pick than Bryce Young for the Panthers. Yeah. But I think that what's clear is if each of the top four quarterbacks in this year's draft were built identically in terms of physical stature, Bryce Young would be number one on all 32 teams' boards. But the five foot ten, two hundred and four foot frame—and by the way, that two hundred and four pound frame, pound frame, I should say—that was like after a concerted effort in the three weeks leading up to the combine to get him up to that weight. That's the concern. That is what people are losing sleep over right now if they are doing the evaluation of Bryce Young. And I've heard everybody that follows college football tell me it didn't impact him at Alabama. That's correct. He also played behind a five-star offensive line at basically every position. And Aaron Donald doesn't play in the SEC, right? And Chris Jones doesn't, or at least does not now, play in the SEC. He did during his college days. And if you're 100 pounds or 125 pounds lighter than a defensive tackle and he comes bearing down on you, I get it. Not like any quarterback is exactly the size of Chris Jones, but you know Josh Allen might be 50 pounds heavier than Bryce Young, right? It's just a different level of body armor that these quarterbacks who are built at a much more sort of Greek godlike stature possess than Bryce Young. But um, I think C.J. Stroud – maybe has a higher floor because of some of the, in some ways, not always, but in some ways has a higher floor or at least less risk, I should say, because Mm -hmm. there's just not the same fear about a potential hit that could leave him in a whole bunch of pain and potentially banged up just because of his size.
3: Good to talk to you field. I uh, know you're a busy guy. Uh, Have fun later today.
1: Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
3: Embrace a new year with a new style of whiskey, Keeper's Heart Irish American Whiskey, crafted by a legendary Irish distiller, a unique blend of smooth Irish whiskey, bold American whiskey that has garnered over 130 awards in just two short years, whether crafting St. Patty's Day cocktails or finding the perfect gift for the occasions like Mother's Day, Keeper's Heart, perfect choice. Personalize a label for free on their website. Use the code DAN24 for $10 off your order at keepersheartwhiskey.com.